We're moving? Party started. We're moving. <clears throat> well, it gets the, I was thinking about the, the formatting of the podcast. Because, like, usually we have some type of banter su- or subject in mind <clears throat> in, in general that we're going to talk about with, like, maybe a couple minutes of banter, right? But I'm like, what if we just kind of, like, start just clicking the record button, whatever happens, happens. Just like go. Let's just go. We're dropping death bombs within 30 that seconds of the first podcast. Everyone's <laughs> happens. Within 30 seconds, already dropping F-bombs. Uh, and so maybe, maybe we have an idea maybe we want to talk about, but I don't know, like a little bit more of a, a free-flowing podcast. Because I say the last podcast lasts like 20, yeah, that 30 minutes. Yeah, that was Yeah, we kind of go over the pre-workout nutrition, and after that, it was just kind of like shooting the shit after that point. And so, but I know last time we were going to talk about when and how to scale. When and how to scale. Was kind of the subject line we were going to talk about a little bit. Um, I'm going to let you when start and this how? thing off. All right. Where do we want to attack this first? We're going how or when? Let's what go route how. Let's go how. How? How to scale. Um, I, th- I think you probably attack this a bunch of different angles on how to scale. Um, and I guess it probably means like Why are you scaling? I guess is probably a, a good reason to, or a good thing to ask yourself. Um, like, is it strength? Is it conditioning? Is it skills? Like, there's a bunch of different things that probably go into that question. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna punt this back to you. I'm punting this bitch back to you. <laughs> well, I think things have evolved over the years. I think back in the heyday, people were a lot more. RXE, RXE, RXE. Wanting to push for the RX variation, yeah. right? Which was a... I think it's still a good goal well, to shoot. There's pros and cons of both of these things, right? So back, I'll say, between 20... When I first started, like, 2011, 2010 time frame, upwards to about 2018-ish area, that was what most people were striving for, right? Was... The workout was on the board. That was the RX variation. And I'm trying to do RX, right? And more often than not, you probably had a lot of people trying to do RX when they shouldn't be doing RX. Mm -hmm. Reason being, multiple reasons of when we program a workout, the idea is being we're looking to fall within a certain time domain for intensity purposes, right? So... If we program a workout and we're wanting to finish between 8 and 10 minutes, that's the intensity that we want to evolve that individual day, right? So there's d- different intensity levels based off time domains, mm-hmm. right? Like a 3-minute workout is going to look a lot different than an 8-minute workout. An 8-minute workout is going to look a lot different than a 15-minute workout. A 15-minute workout is going to look a lot different than a 25 or a 40-minute workout, right? Like all these intensity levels vary based off time domain, right? Just like in track and field, a 100-meter dash is going to look a lot different than the guys who are on a 5K. Sure. So based off the prescription of the time domain we're looking to fall into, if I'm not modifying and adjusting appropriately to my to the workout that day, we saw a lot of people back in the day, you know, workouts just take 8 to 10 minutes. We're taking 14, 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not the same workout as somebody completing that workout doing 15 minutes compared to somebody who's doing 8 minutes. Sure. So that was a little bit more of the con. People probably lifting loads they weren't ready to lift yet. Trying kind to do... ego lifting. A little sense. bit of ego lifting. A little bit of trying to do two highs of skills that they haven't quite earned yet were probably more common things. And because of that, um, I think also that's probably why in the early days of CrossFit, the, the injury rates were probably a little bit higher than they are now, right? And that's probably a little bit where the stigma of CrossFit injures you happen in the earlier sure. days because people were doing things way outside of their realm of where they currently were. Fast forward to today, the way at least we have done it, I don't I can't speak for other CrossFit gyms because we're not them. I think other CrossFit gyms still have that. I mean I'm sure not all of them do, but I feel like a majority probably still have that same stigma. RX yeah. RX and nothing kind of mentality. And so incorporating with the level of the system, the color systems that we're doing, people are a lot more 
willing to fall inside the color variation they feel like best suits them, right? Mm-hmm. Without feeling shamed or feeling that it's a lesser than workout. They feel like based off where I am in my current fitness level now, this is best to do that. And I think also with us as coaches, explaining and educating our members it has helped out a ton with that as well. Which has taken time, I feel like. It has. And I think we've kind of, for the most part, have gotten into a good range where you don't, I feel like you really don't see that as consistently mm-hmm. as much where you see, you have to, you're having to tell athletes like, dude, I don't think you should be doing yeah. that. Like, I don't think this is a good color variation for you. I think more often than not, we're probably having to kind of shove. Shove the other way. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like, dude. Like you're been, almost being too conservative. Like you're doing, you're doing orange. Like I know you can do blue. And that's kind of where that, where I'm kind of getting at where it comes to the, the pros and cons. So the great thing about it back in the day was people were a lot more motivated to pull that arm intensity and like strive and go, which was great. But obviously there was cons. Like the the, the issue was with that, it was accelerating too fast, right? You're trying to go from from A to Z in just a couple of days, right? Or a couple of weeks. And, And now the con to what we're doing now, a little bit to a degree is that People start at A, and they get stuck on A. Sure. Right, like I do A, that's A, I do A. I was about to say, I feel like there's three stages to this. I feel like there's that, right, mm-hmm. where you're stuck in A and you don't want to get out of your bubble. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like you finally get pushed out of your bubble, and you're kind of like, let's say, like you said, you're staying in orange, maybe you get pushed out of your bubble to like blue to purple, and then from there you do that for a couple of weeks, and then I feel like you get overzealous, and then maybe you maybe try like brown. a brown or a black, you get your teeth kicked in for a little while, right? And then you almost have to be like pulled back to reality mm-hmm. a little bit, back down to like that blue or purple, and then that should be your new home, right? Yeah. And maybe that maybe your new home is the brown or black, right? But it's like, I feel like you get stuck, you get out the bubble. Once you get out the bubble, you're kind of like, you're kind of at the buffet and you're like, you like to pick and choose like what you want to go ahead and do. Sure. And then from there, you kind of have to almost like reel it back just a little bit mm-hmm. to kind of figure out where you're actually like, station or color or whatever where your current fitness level is now yeah and kind of the the idea is is if you've been doing a certain uh, let's kind of rewind just for a second so depending on where you are in your current fitness stage will kind of depend on how fast you're going to accelerate down Mm -hmm. this path so for instance i know for me when i first started in crossfit like just like anybody you get these newbie gains sure right where your PR to lift left and right, your PR and your benchmark workouts, like you're, you're getting your skills. You're like, Oh my God, like this is amazing. Like in two years, I'll be one of the crossing games, right? It's based off this progress. Well, definitely after, you know, six months, that progress shows up a little bit. After the next six months, that progress shows up a little bit. And after you've been doing it for over a decade, like me, I mean, you, you're like happy to get a PR once or twice a year. Twice a year yeah. Right. And so, and, and that's with anything like any fitness regimen you, you possibly do, you're gonna get those same exact things, right? If I decided I was gonna quit cross to cross it today and I was gonna go into marathon training, right? I was gonna try to run marathons. Well I guarantee you I would see a lot of progress up front because I've never gone through straight up running training, right? Mm-hmm. I would see a lot of progress very quickly because obviously the amount of volume that I'm doing and the intensity that I'm kind of bringing into this one thing of running, I'm gonna see a lot of progress very quickly. But inevitably after you know a year, that progress is going to start to slow. After another year, it's going to slow a little bit more. Inevitably, if I did it for another decade, you get into it, right? Yeah, after you run enough marathons, where you might run one marathon, you do another marathon, you know, six months later, and you can knock off 20, 30 minutes off your time, mm-hmm. right? And then you do another marathon, like okay, I'll knock five minutes off my time, and I'll mark two minutes off the time, right? So you're you're improving just the margin. What you're improving has now decrease right so depending on where you are in your fitness spectrum would kind of depend on how fast you're going to accelerate to another color right so if i'm relatively new probably in the first year of training i could feasibly go from like yellow to orange within three months sure right very definitely a feasible possibility and then I may say orange for six months. And then after six months, I could pump up to blue after six months. So almost at a year, I've gone from yellow 
to blue within about a year's time mm-hmm. frame. Well, it might take me a whole year from progressing from blue to purple. And then, so at that point in time, I'm roughly two years into my fitness journey. Now from purple to brown, that's a bigger jump. Might take me two to three years yeah. of learning higher level skills. Getting into like, yeah. yeah, higher level skills, stronger, heavier loads, and it might take me two or three years to get to consistently doing brown. And then once I've done that, now it could take me another three or four years to get to black. Yeah. Right? You can kind of see as you progress further down that path, how much longer it might take you. And also, and also it depends on obviously what your previous history is. So like for me starting CrossFit at a younger age, at 22, 23 years old, coming from a football background and staying active in college, allowed me to start with a higher basis start, right? Mm-hmm. So if we had colors back in the day, I probably could have started somewhere around blue and purple, right? And then progressed up to black within roughly a year's time frame, right? But for the, the a person that's maybe been, that's you know, hasn't worked actually. out in 20 years, got responsibility to have kids, you know, they're 35, 40 years old, they're going to start with a lower base, right? Inevitably, where they're going to start at an orange yellow and they're going to have a longer duration to get to a black race for somebody who's younger, who didn't have responsibilities other than working out and going to school, whatever it may be. And so it's very individualized on where your starting point is and where your finishing point is going to be to a degree. But inevitably at some point in time, you're going to have to strive and make plans to try to like, hey, six months or a year of trying to work my way to a different color. But like you said, we have a tendency right now where we have a lot of people where if they do orange, that's their color, yeah. right? Like they inevitably come to their state, orange my color, that's what I'm doing every single time, that's the weight I'm doing, that's the skill I'm doing, and so on and so forth. And as a coach, you're having to kind of shove them up to that blue variation, like Hey, no, we're not going to use a 15-pound dumbbell day. We're going to use a 20-pound dumbbell yeah. day, right? And, um, and so that has been a little bit of the con to um, the color system is what we found a little bit to a degree. And obviously having a coach to help push you a little bit is kind of the point of having a coach because tendency is you're going to always resort to feels more comfortable. That's just human nature. And so if you always do that certain color, inevitably you just by comfort level, that's what you want to do. And, um, and so that's kind of been the transition over the years is been that like back in the day, con was pushing too aggressively, but the pro was the fact that you're pulling that intensity level and you're striving for higher levels today, not so much where it's kind of the inverse of that, where keeping people safer and progressing on a safer amount. But the con is that sometimes you will get a little too comfortable in a certain color and they're stagnating the progress because they're not pulling on that progressive overload sure. and progressive intensity over time to pull that lever to bump up to another color, which will allow you to see more results by doing so. Um, kind of like we talked before in a previous podcast, like the very first step is being consistent in the gym. The second thing is now involving intensity yeah. with that, right? And uh, Intensity is the lever that most people have to pull to see the progress that they want, whether it be a better body composition or getting stronger or getting more fit um, or just being more healthy is pulling that intensity lever a little bit more often than maybe you are currently. Like your workouts are still intense, but you're going to have to progress that by lifting a little bit more heavier weights, doing a higher distance or longer distance of a run jumping to a higher box, developing a new skill, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. different ways to do that. Et cetera, et cetera, right? And so when we're talking about modifying or scaling is one way we're trying to change that is by starting to incorporate more level method tests on through our strength cycles. Mm-hmm. That should help open some people's eyes to seeing improvement. And with that improvement, that will then have carry over into the class workouts. So meaning by that, if we're doing the front squat and you're, let's say the last time we did the front squat test, you did blue two. 
Well, and then you do the front squat test again and you do purple one. Well, now that's an indication when we get inside class workouts that probably you should be doing the purple loading or striving for a lot of the yeah. squat movements that we're doing. It's almost right? like a realization for them, right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm kind of getting at is that we're, we're trying to open your guys' eyes. So I know like sometimes with some of you guys were – we're going through the test and like, oh, I want to do this double method test, bro. It's so stupid. That's the idea, though, is to open your eyes to get higher color variations in your workout to increase the intensity for you guys, right? Like, it's okay if maybe you see some regression happen too. That's fine as well. But what I'm saying is, is by incorporating these tests on a more consistent basis, it allows you guys to see your progression. And then once you've seen that progression, you're kind of opening up the gates to now go to higher color variations mm -hmm. in your workouts, right? And as a coach as well, it basically shows you too, like, oh shit, that dude just PR his front squat by 40 Definitely. pounds. Like, you've been slacking on me, dude. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, I thought, and it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to do all purple workouts now. No. Right? You still might suck at running. You might be an orange runner. You still right? might be doing the dabble method. Right? Yeah. No. You might be doing little rainbow cycles where... You know, you can do the front squat weight at 135 pounds, but you still might be running 150 meters. Which I don't know why people don't. This is my pet peeve. What? I don't know why people don't do that more often. What? Like, color, like color match? Yeah. Like, why, why, what's so wrong with that? I feel like that's a really good option for majority of the gym. Well, so I feel like also, you're, you're by this little segmentation as well, where let's say somebody does purple all the time, right? But let's say maybe it's like a heavier day that day, and they're like, "Oh, I'm not doing purple. I'm gonna do blue." Yeah. And they're like, "Well, if I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna do the blue weight. I might as well do blue everything. Just do blue at all, right?" Let's say maybe there's somebody who's not maybe not the strongest athlete, but maybe they've got a decent injury, like a good runner. Like I almost do blue everything. Yep. Like, dude, you can run a seven minute mile, and you're not gonna run the four hundreds. You're gonna run three hundreds. Yes. Like that drives me insane. Like, it, you can make one tweak the workout. Uh, it's okay. You can do a blue a purple combination. You don't have to do all blue or all purple. Take the points that you're really good at, do higher variations, things that you suck at, pull down Bring some other variations. Like just like yesterday where if you're a good runner, you could do the 200s, but if you're weaker, you could maybe do purple weight or, or blue weight, whatever it may be. But you're not stuck, a color, the color variations are a recommendation. Doesn't mean you have to stay all in that one mm -hmm. color variation. So. Don't do that. But that's the idea is we're trying to make it a little systematic to a degree. Now, the, the only problem is with that, like, is we can't constantly test all the tests all the time. Sure. Right? So even though we might go through our, we're going to be testing our front squad next week, it might be another year to eight months, eight months to a year that we don't retest that front squad. Sure. There's a high chance that you might get stronger between there. Like, especially if you're somebody who's like a purple two or a purple three, right? You're right on the cusp of like being brown. Uh -huh. Well, potentially you could get stronger within Pop that eight month, that. yeah, that eight month time gap where you're feeling stronger, you're feeling more capable. And you know, deep down, like I could probably go up to the brown weight, but we haven't tested yet, so I'm not gonna do it yet. But there's, there's a little bit of gray area in there. Just because we haven't tested it doesn't mean you can't jump up if Get you're ready to go into it, right? And use the thing is, like, use a coach. Use a coach to help guide you through that. Like, use Kale, use Heidi, use Lace, use Jennifer, use me. As, especially the, the coaches you're seeing the most often, sure. it's going to be the best recommendation on that, right? Like, if somebody from the 6 o'clock class came to me and was like, hey, man, what's your variation should I do today? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't ever coach you. I've like, never seen you in my life. <laughs> I don't see you as an athlete. Like, I don't know what you're capable yeah. of doing. Like, it's hard for me to give you a recommendation on that. But if you see, have a coach that sees you working on a daily basis, they know about where you finish in relationship, in relation to the normal timelines that we're, we're giving, based off the colors that you normally do, all certain, certain movements, they can give you a better understanding of, yeah, man, like you probably should start bumping out the purple. Or, I think people would be more surprised on how much a coach knows about you and the way you work out than you than you think. Yeah, I think sometimes people think like you're um, hidden. Because like there's a lot of times where, especially like on Tuesdays with the strength cycle, right? So I get to coach 4 o'clock. So, and so when I'm coaching 4 o'clock, I coach y'all every Tuesday, right? How often, let me say real quickly. So how often do you feel like, so I'll say 4 o'clock class has been big in the uh -huh. afternoons. 
how often do people like let's say they partner on the, on the front squat they're like well i'll just do what this person oh, right? dude, and, they, the and they they the dog the front all squat. the time right um they're like it happens too often Right, and not just the four. This is like probably an issue within every class, right? No, it's not just. Um, I'm not just going for yeah, yeah, class, but just um, an example. But a lot of times, like I'll be going back and forth, like through the things, and I'll be watching, and I'm like, I know so and so did 105 last week, mm-hmm. and if I see 105 on that barbell, and we're supposed to be again this up, week. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I'll literally walk up, like I know you did 105, and they're like, how do you remember what I did last week? And I'm like, it's my fucking job, yeah. right? Um, and so I think it's funny, uh, but I'm like, you know more than you think. Um, and I know the afternoon does a really, really good job of like asking coaches like how to do it. And I don't know, how, like I said, I'm not in the mornings, uh, so I don't know how that is. But I feel like some of the afternoon people probably do a better job than, than some of the morning people. Uh, but use a lot, use us. Like that's, that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. That... That strength cycle thing does that happens more often than not. I feel like though, um, or a lot I, of times what happens. I think, and it comes to like a little bit out of laziness. Like I just don't want to go grab more weights and constantly change up weights. And so, like we'll just do what you're doing. That way, we can just keep it simple. That way, we don't we can just load the barbell barbell real simply, and we just do this. And just kind of breeze through my strength piece. Of or that. you have like the travelers, like as the weeks go, maybe one person like stays in this one group for two weeks. And oh, then, they're bouncing around the oh, groups. Oh, bouncing around, and then after you get to like a certain percentage, they're like, "All right, now I'm going to be with this group." They're going to find out a group they're a little bit weaker. If that way, they don't have to actually go up every week. It's just like, oh, oh I'm just going to get in this new group to make you think I'm going up, but I'm really just going up by like five, ten pounds. Be the journeyman, yeah. <laughs> Bounce around from group to group, and so that's that was one of my goals for the programming uh, for this year was to start incorporating more of the level test to help you guys see the progressions of your colors as you're going. And I think for some of the new people, they're probably going to be excited about that. Mm-hmm. I think some of the more older members sure. are not going to be as excited no. with that. In which I know we've talked about this a little bit as well, where um, I think on a long enough timeline, you do have some people that have been around the block a few times where they're like, they probably, they know a little bit deep down, like, okay, like compared to where I was like three years ago, my, intensity levels not as high yeah. as it used to be and, and because of that I maybe have regressed over the years not that I'm not, I'm still pretty fit but compared to what was three years ago I'm probably not quite as mm-hmm. good as I was you just don't want to be disappointed and you don't want to do the level of the test because now you're like I'm going to do worse like I know the truth like I'm going to do worse I'm going to yeah. I went from you know a brown three down to a brown flat or something like that but right? I mean that still should give you like a reason to do the test like you still need to know where you are like if you're thinking you're still a brown level person mm-hmm trying to do brown workouts and you're getting smashed and you hate your life every day maybe that's a realization for you to be like all right maybe i should be doing purple for a little while until i can like get consistent get the intensity back before i get back into that brown area you know well the whole point of level system is to give you an appropriate dosage of fitness every single day right and so if your fitness has kind of progressed downward because it's of like a subscription <laughs> what you mean like kind of like it's i mean love method is like your doctor giving you a prescription almost well that, and that's kind right. of when we tell people like new incoming people when we're talking about the love method test a little bit is you know it's our way to write you the proper dosage mm-hmm. of the workout without overdosing you exactly. right or underdosing you where you don't feel like you got nothing out of it, but also at the same time, you don't feel like you got smashed into it. We're not trying to give you the placebo, but we're also not trying to make you go pass out in the car, right? Exactly. And so if you've been around the block a little bit and like I said, the intensity has kind of fallen off after a couple of years and you've kind of regressed a little bit and you're getting smashed, like you kind of said, maybe doing brown and you got to go through this level with the test. You're like, oh shit, I've kind of gotten into purple in some of these categories. It's not that it's a lesser than workout. It's just a better workout based off the prescription where you're at currently in your mm-hmm. fitness level. And sometimes, hopefully, that with that regression, maybe lights a fire in your ass. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I got to pick it back up again and, and get back to where I was, right? And because some people can kind of take that as a, um, as a, which we've dealt with people like this before, as like a, it's a downer. Yeah. Right? Where they go and like, oh, what was me mode? And they're like, oh, I just suck, bro. Like, I just no good no more. And, you know, like, CrossFit's just not for me anymore. Like, like, dude, just because, like, you, life got in the way, man. Like, just like with anything. Life happens. Life so. happened. <laughs> like, you had, you had some kids. You had a bigger promotion at, at a job. Whatever it may be, 
things have happened in your life that have now taken away from you being in the gym as mm-hmm. consistently or your intensity, right? You, your, your stressors outside of the gym have increased and inevitably you're not able to recover and give as much as yourself inside of each individual sure. workout. So inevitably your intensity has fallen because of that. And that is okay. Like that's, that's fucking life. Yeah. Right. Like if you're not, you're not in control of what happens. Well, right. I mean, it's the same. I mean, you're in a, you're in a little control, but at the end of the day, you're not. Well, that's, I mean, that's literally like my situation in life where I, when I was in probably my peak physical conditioning, 2016, 2014, 2017 timeframe in that range, my life looks a hell of a lot different from that time frame than it does now. Sure. I have literally four more kids than what I did before, right? And like the gym, the gym looks completely different than it was back then. Back then I could devote three, four hours a day mm-hmm. to being the best I could be at CrossFit and being the most fit version of myself, right? I cannot devote, or at least I'm not willing to devote that kind no, of time really anymore, time right? Because that. at that point in time, other things would have to suffer for me to be back to that variation, mm-hmm. right? I don't like to like, because I catch myself like saying, I don't have the time, but I don't like using that, that verbiage. It's not that, because anybody can really create the time they really need sure, to create but you're time. not willing to wake up at the crack of fucking dawn every day and get it in or staying as soon as the kids go to bed. Like, you're not willing to do that, right? Well, so I'm saying, like, I'm not going to go out in my garage. It's not worth it for At you. 9.30 at night and try to do something in my garage or stay here till 7 o'clock at night sure. to try to get my, my extra sessions in and get home when my kids are going to be put to bed, yeah. right? Like, or the amount of arguing me and Kaylee would have to do because she's like, dude, I need help at home yeah. and you're at the gym working out for an extra two more hours. Like just not going to happen. And that, and that's okay. Right. And like, because of that, obviously I'm not able to vote as much time and over the years. Like I've kept a lot of fitness, no sure. doubt, but to say that I'm at the fittest version of me of all time would be a stretch. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but that's just how life goes. And you have to be okay with that at times. You have to be looking at your circumstances then, the circumstances now. And because of that, I'm not going to maybe be as fit as I was. But that's okay too, knowing that I'll just give whatever as best I can with the time that I'm allotted to get my fitness in and take care of my health. And whatever that gives me is whatever that gives me, right? Well, it's kind of like you can't, you can't just sit in the mud. Like you gotta, you gotta adapt. And you gotta move, right? Well, I mean, and shit. that's gonna look different in different parts of your life. But you can't just sit there and mope and hate your life. Like you gotta eventually get out of that, right? Well, you can't. It sounds harsh, but at the same time, it's kind of like you got to. Life changes from yeah. year to year to year, right? And like you're gonna have ebbs and flows of having more time in your life to devote to your fitness. You're going to have other times where you don't. You're going to have more times in your life that are more stressful than others, mm-hmm. right? And so with that, I think sometimes we try to separate that from like what happens in the gym. Sure. Right? Like what happens outside these walls has no effect on me inside the gym. What happens in the gym has no effect on me outside the walls. Like they're two separate entities. And like they're very much intertwined together, yeah. right? And... I mean, we have members throughout the year, right? Where depending on what their job allows them to do, where like for instance, like Chris McCallum, he has portions of the year where he's extremely busy with his work. And there's times of the year where his work dies off a lot, mm-hmm. right? Depending because he's more, he does like golf courses and grass and things like that, right? So also during the spring and in the summer, he's very, very busy. But during the fall and during the winter time, that, that work drops off tremendously, right? So he has ebbs and flows throughout his years that he can devote more time to working out than others, right? And, Maybe during the times that he's able to devote more time, more intensity into the workouts, and that way he might get stronger and scores might be. He might be taking. It's, I think it's taking advantage of those times. Sure. Right. And understanding when those times are busy, that sometimes just getting a workout is accomplished in itself, regardless of what that outcome looks like, is what it is. Right. And I, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up like it has to be like this linear progression of I start here. And I want it in here. And it should just be a straight line path to that. And there should be no peaks and valleys throughout that path. And that's just not how it works at all, right? It's it's a continuous strive, sure, no doubt about it. But you're going to have points in time that you plateau. You're going to have points in time you may even like regress downward, mm-hmm. 
right? But you can't, you can't give up on it. Like I heard a quote the other day I thought was really good about consistency, right? It was consistency doesn't guarantee results, but without consistency, it guarantees you won't get results. That's good. And like, I think that sometimes we can get in our own heads of like, just because I'm coming to the gym, like I should start, to, I should always see progress and I should always, you know, be getting better. But just because you keep showing up to the gym, you're consistent in the gym, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be having results because sure. of it, right? Because there's other factors like what kind of attention you're giving, what kind of attention that you're giving, or you're just checking the box, right? But if you don't show up to the gym and you don't take care of your nutrition, you know what will happen That's for sure. Like that is a for sure thing yeah. that the answer to that question of if you don't come to the gym and you don't put in the work, you are going to become less fit. You you are going to gain weight. You are going to gain body fat compared to if you just show up consistently. It won't guarantee you're going to get super fit. Doesn't mean guaranteed you're going to get stronger, but it's a possibility, yeah. right? With a consistent action of doing that, and I think sometimes because we do talk about being consistent in showing up that that should automatically give me the results that I want. And, and it just doesn't quite happen that way. There, and that's why it's the consistent act of the intention and intensity that you give. It's kind of like the unspoken rule to that, I guess, is probably where I'm getting at. Of Once again, the, just the act of showing up is a big deal. But once that's now established what kind of intention and intensity can you give to each one individual session is ultimately going to determine what kind of results that you're sure. going to get. And that only comes with trying to progress from month to month to month and year to year to year, right? And it has to be a deliberate action taken, right? Like, and that's what we're talking about, like the, the scaling or not scaling down. And with a lot of you guys, we do have that progression of, being comfortable in a certain color and not wanting to advance it forward, right? Over a long enough period of time. There are times that obviously it's smart to do and not smart to do, but that's why we have a coaching staff available to you guys to give you guys a better understanding of, hey, I'm at blue right now. How far along do you think I'm away from doing purple, mm -hmm. right? And like the coach can give you an honest answer like, dude, like you, you probably need to, keep coming in like right now you're only coming in like once or twice a week you probably start coming in like three or four times a week yeah. to start that off first and like let's do that for like three months and let's kind of see where we are and then like after three or four months you come back to them like hey i know we talked about this before i'm still at blue how close thing about the purple like okay well like these things kind of really give you some problems like especially when we're doing like runs like you're really kind of like behind the pack on the run workout so but you're getting stronger, so maybe right now we could do the purple weights where we probably stay in purple runs for now, yeah. right? And like, and over time, like fast forward three months, like, hey, let's try to do certain purple runs now. I know we're not perfect at it, but we're gonna have to do something to help increase your volume, right? Gradually over time, you're gonna get there. It may not be as fast as you want it to no. be, and that's it with anything that's in life. That's literally everything. That's with anything in life, like, Got like what's if you had six pack abs in three days, I bet you would all do it. But well, that's just not how life. What is that thing like? Uh, every time you make a plan, God laughs or something God like that. Laughs. Because like at the end of the day, like you're at it's out of your control. Um, so and if it happened as fast as you wanted to, probably everybody would be doing it. So whatever idea you have in your head of how long you think it's going to take, you can definitely at least double that, if not triple that time frame. It's going to take you to get there. But it. That's the, but the only path is through and being consistent with sure. that path. It's the only way to guarantee your, let's say your, it's the only way you're going to possibly get the result. Not that you're going to guarantee get the result, but not taking the path as a guaranteed way of not getting the not result. Getting anything, so I know, I'm sure you can test this too. This is kind of like a, not maybe an issue, but let's say for instance, like this person only uses a 25 pound dumbbell. Mm -hmm. No matter if it's a dumbbell clean, a dumbbell snatch, a dumbbell push it's press. 20 pounds across the board. If it's a dumbbell workout, they're using that 25-pound dumbbell. Um, same thing with a barbell. Like if it's a barbell workout, they're going to use 135, right, no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that you, people need to realize also is like just because it's a dumbbell workout, 
you might not be able to do dumbbell power cleans the same way that you can do a dumbbell snatch. You might be able to go a little bit heavier on a dumbbell snatch, right? <coughs> and I think that, once again, use your coaches to ask those questions and maybe like see where you need to be because yeah. same thing on like a, this can literally apply this to anything. Like if it's a run workout, most of y'all are probably just gonna stay and run a 200, no matter what it is, right? Mm -hmm. You're gonna find the 200 on the color and you're gonna hit that 200 every single time. Um, and there's times and place for that, but I think Sometimes you can do a 35 pound dumbbell. Sometimes you can do a 30 pound dumbbell. Sometimes you need, might need a 20 pound dumbbell. It just depends on the workout and what the movement is, right? Well, and everybody, you probably have a general idea. So, like using Kaylee as an example, where the, the her like her two biggest weak points is at least in the way of weight would be squatting mm -hmm. and any type of horizontal pressing, aka a bench press, bench right? Like. She knows guaranteed if it's a if it's a squat or a bench press, there's a good possibility that she might have to scale more than normal, uh -huh. especially for a bench press, right? So sure. more often than not, she's anywhere maybe from like more often it's a brown or black for Kaylee, yeah. more often than not. Like probably 90 plus percent of the time. But there's potential sometimes she has to go all the way down to like the blue, blue for bench press, right? Because she just she's just not good at it. And also her squatting and squatting endurance is not the greatest either where she might be able, like a black variation of the workout. She could do probably, let's say 70% of it, the prescribed variation in black, but she knows if it has a squat in it, she's probably going to do the brown variation, right? Sure, squatting is not as up to par to some of her other things. But that doesn't mean that her shoulder overhead or her power clean, she can't do brown or uh -huh. black there, right? And it's the same combination with anybody where, like for me personally, like my like handstand push-ups are not the greatest movement for me, right? Where there's potential where I could probably do 90 plus percent of our workouts in black, but there's a variation. There's a possibility where when it comes to short handstand push-ups, especially if the volume's high enough that I'm like, I personally might need to go down to brown for handstand mm -hmm. push-ups just because I'm going to be on the wall all day. It's a big bottleneck for me. And understand, now it doesn't mean that if I have like a, a push pressure shoulder overhead that I can't do a prescribed. But I know for me, doing strict hands and push-ups is a hard part for me. So just because you have you have stronger points and weak points, just like with anybody, like like for Kale, Kale is a great presser, right? Great overhead guy. Sucked a deadlift. Sure. Right? Where he might do a workout where most of the time he's doing black, but there might be a workout in there where he's like, I might have to do brown for, for deadlift Shit. today. Kale might have to do purple. Or purple, whatever it may be, <laughs> right? Just based off where he was. Um, and... But over time, his he knows where his weak point is, mm -hmm. and he's trying to bring that up to where it's in line with everything else on a color standpoint, sure. right? Where that's kind of the point of the color system as well. Is like if you're looking at your colors, like oh, I'm brown, 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 blue. You know, you need to get that like blue shit. Up. Okay, I gotta I gotta get this blue up, right? Where and that might involve getting with a coach and doing hurricane extra something like that to help bring that one weak area up to better, well round your fitness to where you can do all brown workouts regardless of what gets popped up, you know you're ready for that brown mm -hmm. workout, right? And so, when we're, especially, I guess is a good thing where you're talking about this right now, because we are gonna be going through some of them at the test next week, that this is the thought process behind it. Yeah. We're not just doing the level of the test not to just piss you off. Not to make you sad. Not to make you sad <laughs> or piss you off or whatever it may be, because some people take it that way. It's for, for you and for us to also get a better understanding of on a consistent basis when it comes to our workouts, what's going to work best for you guys. It doesn't mean you have to. Sure. Right? Like, it's it's not fucking Russia. Yeah. Like, we're not like, it's not like you, oh, nope, you score purple, you got to do purple. You have, you're stuck in that jail. It's, it's, it's a recommendation, right? It gives you a better understanding of where you're currently falling to give you a general idea of where you need to be, right? And, there's some days where based off the certain workout, like, and that's kind of the hard part about CrossFit because we involve so many things is that there's sometimes we do workouts where if the workouts made in a way you might have, on a, let's say on a typical day, we might have maybe what five to 10 people do the prescribed variation sure. on a given day. We might write a workout where it's just low complexity in a, 
lightweight, where we have now 20 plus people sure. doing the workout prescribed, right? Who do, yeah, people sometimes going from purple off to black for yeah. some days, right? That, but that has to be based off experience a little bit to a degree. Because, um, I mean, if you have a workout where it's like, let's say it's five rounds of a two meter run, 15 burpees, and 50 air squats. 50 air squats, right? You're going to have a lot of people do that workout at RX that day, right? Based off the complexity industry, there's no straight component in. If you're, if you're able to do purple, you probably have a good enough engine to where you probably do that workout in black, mm-hmm. right? If you're orange, you're probably not bumping all the way to black because the run distance and things like that, right? But that's where a little bit of difficulty comes into play with this stuff is that there's so many variances that are happening. But through the love of the system, you have a better understanding of more often than not which color variations you should mm-hmm. be doing, right? But you guys are gonna have to sometimes get outside of that comfort zone and, and strive for that because that's ultimately what's going to dictate results is by increasing intensity and the complexity over a long enough timeline. So um, is there anything we kind of missed on the... I feel like we kind of hit this one. Okay. Scaling or anything like that? I don't think so. Or modifying, modifying scaling? Because I think sometimes people have the, the stigma when it comes to Scaling is less than scaling is. I mean, that's and that's kind of what we talked about earlier. It's like, I feel like that's, I feel like that's the good part about CrossFit though. Is, I got. I've tried to change the word from scaling to modifying. Modifying because scaling, scaling sounds so bad. Scaling has a little bit of a stigma. Yeah. Of like it's lesser than sure. or you're less fit per se. It's like modifying or adjusting the workout. Is the more appropriate sounds way more, to put it? Sounds more professional. Well, it's more. It's, it's more. <laughs> Appropriate verbiage to based off where you are. We're modifying and just to work out based off where you sure. are currently, right? And sometimes you I guys. Think that's the best thing is currently. Currently. And for some of you guys, and for many of you guys, it's a where you currently are, you're doing too easy of a workout. Mm-hmm. So we're a, a modifying or adjusting the workout up. Sure. to a tougher variation because you are more fit than the variation you are currently trying to do right now, right? And sometimes it's... And, and that's a lot of times for the females. Sure. Not all the time because there's think, still guys that you still have to Oh, yeah. Push, for sure. I just don't think some people give themselves enough credit. Yeah. I, I think sometimes you go into autopilot sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's A, like lack of confidence and two, it's uh, just autopilot of just coming to this is what I do. Sure. And... You have to sometimes be have somebody a third party coming in like a coach and being aware of saying like, dude, you can you can you, you've been doing this for a little while now. Like I kind of been seeing you coming in here, you're crushing it. Like I think we can start doing some purple now based off where you are. Um, so I think really the more of the story of the whole conversation, I guess, is without even realizing it was like the leaning in on the level of the system and the color system based off the tests that we're going to be doing, yeah. uh, I think is really beneficial. And that's why we are doing the tests and I want to continue to doing the tests throughout the year. Um, and some tests I think are, are going to be a lot tougher to come by than others. Like sure. The kettlebell tests sure. and, and the road tests for sure. <laughs> There's going to be some where people just are not going to be fans of it. And I mean, I think of the rower, <coughs> kettlebell are your two two tests that you're some people, really hard sell some people are just like I'm never doing that test ever again and I mean the kettlebell is gnarly I mean that's a gnarly one and that's that's a dude doing the kettlebell test yesterday doing the kettlebell snatches yesterday it's been a long time since we've done those uh-huh. it's a it's, such, it's a tough movement but it's a movement that I like though I forgot it's, how much I like them I think a lot of people enjoyed the workout yesterday mm-hmm. um, and I, I think it was like a refresher of like like a fun movement, but like still got a really good workout. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, and if you didn't, and if you didn't enjoy it, you used a dumbbell and you still got a really good workout. Mm-hmm. Well, some people are like, dude, like I'm not gonna slap my wrist a sure. hundred times with that kettlebell today, which is fine. It's it definitely brings down the complexity with that dumbbell, and that's fine too. Um, but I, I did enjoy the movement. Kettlebells are just one of those uh, one of those things where it's like a it's that medium between the dumbbell and the barbell. It's like a, it's still, it's like a skill. It's, it's still, I think a kettlebell is like a yeah, skill. It's like, like a kettlebell is not as straightforward as a dumbbell. Like it's, it has to move a certain way and like there's an art to it. Almost. Yeah. Well, the dumbbell is like, it's, there's no, it's not really going anywhere. No, right? you can once muscle you, a dumbbell anywhere. Yeah. Once you're holding on to the handle, it ain't going nowhere really. Like 
the kettlebell is a whole different story where you're bringing it overhead and you're transitioning it like it rotates and mm-hmm. moves. And, and so it involves a little bit more finesse and more technique, kind of like the barbell. Like an art. And so, because I mean, it's been a while since we've done like kettlebell cleans. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since we've done something like that too. Because besides the kettlebell snatch and the kettlebell clean, there's not like a whole lot of variants outside the swing that we normally do no. with it. Like we do carry stuff like that with it. But I used to like kettlebell like hand clean jerks. Those were always fun. Hang, kettlebell. Kettlebell push press. Push press. Monster. And kettlebell thrusters yes. are bad. Your shoulders are on fire. They're doing <coughs> doing those are worse than dumbbells. Or even like squatting with kettlebells, like it's such a more like front frontal load. Like I, I, kettlebells are a beast. Might start incorporating those a little bit. I like more. kettlebells. I like kettlebells. We do like goblet kettlebell. squats a little bit more. Goblet squats. Well, we've been doing goblet. We got goblet squats today. We got. We can get some goblet well, we squats. We programmed them. Uh, we had a couple Friday workouts in there with some goblet squats oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. So we had that one that was like that big long chipper for workout. Mm-hmm. It had like, was it like 60 or 70 pounds? 60 right time. In the middle? And then we had the, also that one, second. we had like wall walks and goblet squats in yeah. there. I think maybe on an interval one day. And then we did one also for time. We did that, that one Thursday, we did. Not too long ago. Yeah. Um, so I've incorporated those a little bit more. Those stuff too. Uh, I have a lot of people in X do the, uh, the kettlebell squats, like with two of them. Or like, like, a, a, front like a skier or a front rack. And now, are you making them do a true front rack? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like a true, like true, true, front true, rack. true front rack. I like the true like front our, rack. Like, our front rack lunge isn't a true front rack no. lunge. Like, if you don't know what a true front rack is, that kettlebell is literally in front of your torso, not rolled up on the shoulder. So, the like anterior your body is so much. Yeah, like, like, interlacing your fingers and then having your elbows at, like, 45. Yeah. That's a true front rack. That's a true kettle front rack. And that would make everything so much worse. Have you ever seen those kettlebell competitions? Uh-uh. They have, uh, I don't remember, I don't know exactly like the, the structure, but from a little bit that I've got is, I don't know if it's like max unbroken or just max reps in a certain time frame where it's like three or five minutes where these guys are just doing as many reps as possible of like kettlebell snatch or like kettlebell clean and jerk. It's it's per, like they're doing a shitload of reps. Unbroken, I'm assuming for three five minutes. Yeah, and it's like dual like seventies, oh, right? Like they're doing kettlebell clean jerk, like unbroken for like five minutes straight. Sometimes the kettlebell videos throw me off because only because like there are some really big ass kettlebells mm-hmm. that are not that heavy. If you've noticed, like, the fancier okay. kettlebells. So those are the competition kettlebells. Oh, okay, okay. So the competition kettlebells... It'll make like it a, look like you're so, swinging a 100-pound So kettlebell. the 97 kettlebell out there, that silver one that we have, uh-huh. is a competition bell. Okay. So regardless if it's 97 pounds or 5 pounds, they look exactly, exactly the same. Right. Only the color of the bell... Like, Changes. Yeah, so the, helver, the, the handle's like a chrome, silver, stainless steel handle, and the bell is... All color coded, right? So it'd be all purple or all green or all red, um, but it's a standard bell that's that's what's used in competition. Gotcha. So it's called a competition bell, and so they all have the same size. I guess for training purposes, like as you progress up, you don't want the dye or the handle to change. Sure. You don't want the width of the bell to change. Like as ours, obviously. Like if you're getting comfortable with the kettlebell, you want to be comfortable with that kettlebell no matter if it's a lighter or a heavier kettlebell. Exactly right. Like the the, dye, the the circumference of the handle is exactly the same. Like the shape of the, the, nothing changes other than the load itself on the bell. Gotcha. And uh, so, yeah, that's probably what you've seen before in those, yeah. those competitions. They'll just like be flipping this thing up in the air and like catching it. You've seen the kettlebell juggling? Oh, yeah. It's, it's kettlebell juggling, that. yeah. Um, that seems stupid to me. That's a little crazy. But like, I think it's a because that thing will just be like flipping, 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 mm-hmm. and they'll catch, catch the handle, yes. like go right back into a hang, snatch it back up. I'm like, that's kind of nuts at the same time. But it's, it's kind of whatever, but I'm like, it kind of seems retarded. Because a lot, do you watch a lot of those guys are sitting there doing it barefoot? Yeah, a lot of people are barefoot when they do it. Uh, can you just ask him to break your foot? Oh, dude, imagine that dropping on your toe. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're just, ah. all you're, you're asking, I mean, I could, they could be slinging around a, a 10 pound kettlebell for a lot of no, but still, sure. even a 10 pound kettlebell. You drop Breaking that shit from waist height, chest height. Like that shit drop on your foot's gonna break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I need to look it up. I, I know there's kind of a competition. Now, I don't know. I'm sure it's just like weightlifting, there's probably weight classes. Sure. Where like, you know, if you're you're 175 to 182 or something like that, you're in a certain weight class. But I'd have to assume there's not a big 
pool of people no. that are doing kettlebell work. I feel like that's a niche. That's like you gotta like. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like it's that big of a thing. Well, you definitely go into club four and see if people mess around with kettlebells. <laughs> no. If you're CrossFit, you mess around with kettlebells to a degree. I would say probably out of every. Like out of a kettlebell, dumbbell, and barbell, that's probably the least amount that you see people use as a kettlebell. Um, you have people who are a little bit more like hippie, I would have sure. to say, that are like big kettlebell people. Sure. Like and they do use the maces, mm-hmm. the, the clubs or whatever clubs like that, and, uh, the, and they use kettlebell training, right? But like I said, if you're doing like kettlebell juggling and shit like that, it kind of seems stupid ass to me. But you, like you ever, like also those, uh, Kettlebells with the faces on them were real big there for yeah, a little like, while. Like the gorilla faces. The demons. Like the demons and stuff like that. Yeah, that was real popular for a second. I think it still is. I think there's definitely... Those bells are expensive. Dude, you're paying some bucks for those. Because I think Rogue released like their own line of like their... With the faces yeah, on it? Yeah, the faces on them and everything. Uh, some of them are cool, but I'm just like at the same time like... I don't think I would want a kettlebell with like a, a demon face on it. I don't know. It's kind of douchey. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, if I walked into your garage gym and saw that, I'm like, all right, dude. Let's go buy the little ass kettlebell, you know? Oh, man. Uh, But no, like, I think kettlebells is a a fun, different type of training tool. I think some some people don't like them because of the fact that it kind of, it can kind of beat you up in the way of, like, leaving you bruised up a little bit. Especially if you're not doing it right, like. I think even this morning, like Jenna was saying, she has some bruises on top got of her forearms, right? And I kind of kind of slapping her. Um, and so I had gone through a little phase of programming a little bit more, but I just haven't done as much of it, obviously, in the past like, couple of years. I need to try to get back into a little bit, maybe with enough, uh, sort of, with enough exposure. Maybe. Maybe we can do the kettlebell test. It's going to be a long road. <laughs> <laughs> it might take about 10 years yeah. to get there, but maybe enough exposure will get there. But, um, it's more of an interstate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anything else we want to add to this or are we, are we wrapping it up I like here? It. I like All right, it. we're going to wrap it up here, guys, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.